Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris, and we are going back into the lab today. It's been a while. Uh, there's lots of stuff going on in labs these days, but I bet nobody is going in to put their lab coats on to analyze and uh, some Ringo <laughs> Starr songs. Uh, but we are well, I've definitely, I've definitely had my pr- pr- uh, protective gear on, Dave. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> my mask and my goggles, and uh, yes. you know, you just want a little extra protection as you're entering the lab these days. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Especially looking at these Ringo songs, uh, you need a little bit more protection. So today's uh, example that we're going to be looking at is the single, It Don't Come Easy, and then the B-side of it is early 1970. And this is uh, an interesting single for a lot of reasons. One, just the fact that it was recorded in 1970, but not released until 1971. So it kind of sat on the shelf for quite a while. It has different versions. Uh, It's one of Ringo's most famous songs, definitely. And... Uh, has this uh, kind of an interesting collaboration with George on it as well. So it kind of got Ringo's career off to a start because the the his earlier work, he had released two albums before this Sentimental Journey and other album was Buku's of Blues. And this was really his first, I'd say, song proper that is in the pop vein, in the Ringo type vein. And uh, it's it. Yeah. I mean, so what, what's been your thought about it? Don't come easy before we've been studying it so much this week. Well, I've always thought of it pleasantly enough. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, when this was released, it, it shot up the charts and passed these songs. Power of the, to the people. What is life and another day? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> so the 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 popularity of it at the moment compared to those songs was it's the best of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's held up pretty good. It's held up over the years, and uh, as far as Ringo stuff goes, it's relatively popular. I think having George be pretty much co-track yeah. <laughs> owner of the, you know <laughs> and player on the track is another uh, factor in its favor because you know that sounds really great. Yeah. Uh, all the George stuff sounds good. All the Ringo stuff sounds good. So, you know, yeah, I've thought of it relatively positively. What about you? Yeah, I've always liked this song. It's it, it's interesting that it was recorded around the same sessions as the Sentimental Journey and uh, album, even though it's a completely different style. And and the fact that I read also somewhere that George Martin was originally and Steven Stills were there for the first run throughs of this to kind of lay it down at the beginning. So it's a song that had a long gestation and release, but it's, uh, it's, it is one of his catchier songs and it's, it, it's one of those songs that just is a great example of Ringo kind of one of his signature type songs. Absolutely. Uh, in, uh, to, to your point, in uh, Still the Greatest, this is the Andrew Grant Jackson book, uh, Still the Greatest, which I, I think is a really great book. You should uh, maybe go out and get it if you don't have it. It's the essential songs of the Beatles' solo careers. And this is in the 1971 chapter, but it was uh, the recordings uh, 2 1970 Three eight nineteen seventy and ten nineteen seventy, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's like uh, writer Starkey Harrison uh, 
producers Harrison Martin. So uh, <laughs> in here they've credited Martin, although he has nothing to do with the final track. Uh, and then it also, in comparison to what uh, the information online, uh, credits Stephen Stills on piano, mm-hmm. uh, Ron Cattermole on Ooh. sax and, tr- and trumpet, <laughs> and then Badfinger, of course. Badfinger's always hanging out. Yes. Uh, Apple. Like, guys, can we, guys, you got some backup vocals for us? <laughs> We're here. Maybe some guitars? Nope. Just backup, just yeah. backup vocal. <laughs> and it also says Mal Evans playing tambourine. And of course, star vocals and drums, fantastic drums on yeah. this. Uh, yeah, just absolutely yeah. smashing drums. Yes, uh, George Harrison on guitar, and uh, they've got Klaus on on bass here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so it's, it is like an all star group, or kind of the usual suspects at that time who were playing on "All Things Must Pass" and all of the other albums that were happening. A Plastic Ono band with Klaus and things going on at that time. It. Uh, I, I find it interesting. Do you thinking about George Martin trying to produce it? Because when I hear the final version, it is, it, it sounds just like a Phil Spector, almost like a very big wall of sound effect that George was really into with all things must pass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a very, it's almost like a George is just like, Oh, this is how you do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, his only exposure, well, I, you know, obviously he'd have exposure to George Martin, and he'd have exposure to um, Phil Spector, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, working with him intimately around that time on his own work. So I would think, like, you know, maybe just like copying some of the tricks. Yeah, yeah, it sounds <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, because it does sort of sound like that Wallace Soundy kind of thing taking off. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, the horns in it. What do the horns in it remind you of, Dave? They've got like some, they have some pretty good sassy licks. I would say they're pretty sassy sounding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not sure. They they sound kind of like that mid period. Uh, like you hear that later on "All Things Must Pass." Actually, some of those mm-hmm. sounds, maybe some John Lennon solo stuff. Well, here in "Still the Greatest," they uh, remind you. It says. Uh, Harrison added sax and trumpet like he once added horns to the White Album Savoy Truffle. And as soon as Savoy Truffle was mentioned, I was like, this is exactly like Savoy Truffle. That's true. Good comparison there. It also reminds me, I can't quite remember what track it is, but there's a linen track out there where there's like, (laughs) there's like extra, like way loud horns. I think it might be on rock and roll or one of those one of those uh, period of albums there mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah yeah that, that makes a lot of sense it, yeah so we should uh, the version that we first know of was the george harrison singing version and, yeah uh, I, well apparently this was the title of the tune uh, originally was you got to pay your dues mm. and it was george wrote it and it was like and and uh was like, hey, do you bad finger? Do you want this? And they're like, no, no thanks, we're good. Yeah. So, so they're like, uh, Ringo, do you want this? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they took a like like you said, they took a couple cracks at it, and then Harrison did a demo with Badfinger, the sound of which is exactly like the track yeah. that you know. But there's a lot of 
extra sort of like background vocal holly hari krishna's thrown mm-hmm. in there and mm-hmm. stuff <laughs> that all came about because apparently there was some discussion that george said well what should the words be about or what should they you know what do you want me to write how about god how about religious stuff and ringo's like i oh, no i don't think so uh, maybe not and then he said well how about peace and they said okay well peace will work and they kept in those hari krishnas which are they're muted on the Ringo version, but they're still there. You can yeah. hear them. Uh, but that George demo version's out there. We'll we'll put a link to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you can find that on YouTube. Uh, there's also they uh, played this at Bangladesh. Yes, I remember that <laughs> very well. Watching it constantly because that's a big it's a big moment because he uh, you know, George sort of turns around and introduces Ringo, and Ringo gets I think the biggest ovation in the whole concert it was a a big thing and then guess what ringo does during the song when he's singing it doesn't remember the lyrics exactly forgets the words <laughs> <laughs> and you can see so. there's, there's a clip of when they're performing and i think jim keltner is playing next to him and he sort of laughs when ringo does one of these growing all the time because he doesn't remember the words at all so they sort of start laughing and joking but it was a big thing, and the horns are on that Bangladesh version too. So, what do you think of the lyrics to this song overall? Or kind of, I mean, they're kind of genericy, yeah, and kind of you know straightforward peace and love kind of you know. It's a good time. That was a one-time thing for Ringo. We'd never hear anything about peace and love again. <laughs> that was just a one-off. Um, you know, as generic as the lyrics are, and as almost about quite not very much as the song is about it still works though yeah. i mean it really it really you know the music's so great it's a a nice peppy tune i feel like even though it's not faster the bangladesh version's like got extra energy to it yeah you know? it does it does maybe it's the 150 people on stage uh <laughs> <laughs> i think so including badfinger of course yeah, Can't get rid of those guys yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, kind of generic from a a, a standpoint of the mu- the words, but like you said, the music is really catchy and it's set well for Ringo. It's very simple to sing, uh, not a big range, and it's got some bluesy notes to it. And Ringo can kind of do some bluesy things. The guitar part is really fun to play. It's that wonderful the D major just the shape that you can do all those fun shapes with on D major and it works well. Um, very fun to play. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that turnaround that. Da, 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 yeah. Yeah. Is, is really kind of, it almost has a shape to it. Yes. It's, it's really, really nice. And I think that's George's. It's gotta be George's. Uh, I have a feeling he wrote almost all the music. I, I'm guessing Ringo didn't write too much of the music. Uh, just based. It sounds like a Harrison song like his music of it uh but it's good and some great as you said great guitar solo too really prominent guitar uh yeah other than that i mean it really what do you think of the background vocals of the or they're kind of the different things that they're doing in the background well particularly in that george demo version it's a little over the top yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but uh i like it i i i mean it works in the in the final mix, yeah, pretty well. Um, Ringo's vocals are pretty, you know, 
Ringo-y. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, I'd say the highlight of the track to me is the, uh, if you're just listening to one thing, listening to uh, Ringo's drums. Yeah, yeah. It's just like very well done. Yeah. Very uh, excellent. Yeah, he's got some great fills and just real solid playing. Uh, yeah. It was popular, too. I mean, the, it hit number four in mm-hmm. both the U.S. and the U.K., single yeah. chart, and the Billboard Hot 100. So it was a, a big surprise. And you mentioned those other songs. I'm curious to get your opinion. Do you think it is, uh, how do I put it, Should is it deserved that it was it went higher than Power to the People and What is Life and what was the, the McCartney song? Another day. Another day. Yeah. How do you, how does it fit in with those other three? I'd say if I was ranking, I'd put another day maybe just a very a hair above it, mm-hmm. but very almost equal yeah. too. Uh, and then I think it is, but a little bit better than what is life, and definitely better than Power <laughs> of the People. But that's for another episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so right on, right power to the people yeah. around. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a good, good first solid effort, and it was kind of the first song that made Ringo a big hitster, because then he would continue yeah. to have a real string of success right after this, and uh, and then after the Ringo album, things kind of petered out after mid seventies. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good first run and surprised a lot of people, I think surprising hit and and led to uh you know I, I, you know early in his career sort of like in the solo career kind of seemed almost out ahead of the other yeah the other uh guys i think now if we assess all of their solo careers you know volume wise maybe he's uh second place but uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think you'd probably put him last of the four yeah oh yeah uh, as full, you know, Ring of the Fourths are in there, and yeah. you know, Stop and Smell the Roses is uh, are in there, and yeah. <laughs> some some real dud albums, <laughs> <laughs> some of which we've talked about. Yes, <laughs> you know, but you know, he's still he's still doing it. It's he is unbelievable. He is. So, and a lot of people like this song. I mean, you've already talked about the uh, we talked about the George Harrison demo. And the Bangladesh version, uh, but mm-hmm. as Chris is always well known for, he scrapes the bot. I wouldn't say the bottom of the barrel, but he <laughs> scrapes. He, he he digs down into the the bottom the barrel uh, to yeah. find some cover versions. And I, uh, you have a few that you had talked about that we're going to put on our playlist. So what did you find? Well, the Smithereens is probably the most uh, famous and popular of of this. The Smithereens, of course. Are a uh, uh, band in the eighties, uh, nineties, real Beatle, like very, very, very much a Beatle. They're, I, I guess, they're considered considered alternative rock. Mm. Maybe a little bit of power pop, mm-hmm. you know. But I've always found them to be kind of similar to the Replacements, mm. although I like the Replacements more. I find the smithereens to be like just your generic, <laughs> you know, college radio yeah. alternative yeah. band. And I've always found like all of their songs to be a little bit on the dull side. 
personally. And I find that this cover is also on the dull side. If you like this song, but without the horns and with, you know, a fake Beatles sound <laughs> uh, vocals, then by all means, dig into the smithereens. Hopefully I'm not uh, offending a bunch of smithereens fans out there. And maybe, maybe uh, the comments will uh, uh, get me to, you know, maybe I should dig deep into the smithereens catalog this week. What do you think, Dave? Uh, well, uh, I think uh, you probably have other things you want to listen to. I'm guessing. You've heard that, uh, that smithereens version. What do you, what do you I think have. of it? It's uh, well, you know, they did a whole album of with the Beatles uh, or meet the Beatles. I can't remember which, but it was just it's it's basically recording all the tunes again. And it sounds like them and uh, very faithful, I guess I'd say faithful renditions. But I probably would rather listen to the original. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly how I feel about it. So that's, uh, they, you know, they they so there's that version out there. Uh, we and we'll, we'll put together a little uh, playlist of these. Um, a little bit more interesting than that is uh, one we I think we played on the podcast uh, on one of our cover, uh, um, probably now defunct cover <laughs> episodes, <laughs> uh, and that was Betty Levette. Remember yes, Betty Levette? I do. I do. And that version is really cool. Yes, much more of uh, like literally taking the blues, got to pay your dues if you want to play the blues kind of uh, feel to it. It's much slower, laid back, uh, very soulful singing. It comes off as sort of like she's she's uh, uh, sort of sexy and yeah. sort of like she's she might be coming on to you a little bit. like yeah. Coming up to you at the bar <laughs> or something. Yeah. You can even take it easy like that like oh i can take it easy huh <laughs> thank you i think i will yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's, good. Uh, it's, it's a kind of sultry sound to it i like i like her version of it yeah uh short-lived american alternative rock band from new york city uh, from the late 80s b-a-l-l all caps with dots after them uh, and their version, their version is kind of kind of wild, but uh, they didn't really commit to the vocal. A uh, very grungy sounding, uh, predating grunge, but it sounds very grungy. Yes, uh, uh, distorted guitar and heavy. Yeah, yeah. How did you How did you like his singing? The guy, yeah, his singing was sort of like. Sounds a little like, Cobain like there. Yeah, it did sound like. They, they, we don't care about the lyrics that much, yeah, you know. Yeah. So we're just making the noise, but you know, <laughs> um, but it, it's interesting enough to give it a listen, that's for sure. Uh, and then I, I really like the uh, Zay Ramalho, a Brazilian composer and performer. Uh, his, his version, I guess he's got a whole album of uh, Beatle related stuff. With and it's uh, with the Beatles cover, but it's all his face. Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, a very Zydeco Brazilian kind of sound to it. Um, Some great accordion so. playing on that. Very, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very snappy, zippy type of accordion playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, well, Dave, you know what we've been doing on these uh, songs on the microscope this this past years we've been flipping we've had uh, several 
and they've all been singles. Yes. So right. when we get a single, we like to flip to that B side and get, take a take a big long look at that B side. Yes, and this this one's a pretty juicy B side. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the flip side of it don't come easy is early 1970, and I've seen this described a lot of different ways. Some people have described it as Ringo's open letter to the other Beatles. Uh, some mm-hmm. have described it as a confessional or his prayer or wish. Uh, but it's it's in typical Ringo fashion. It's very clearly laid out, very simply put together, and yet very effective, I think, in, in uh, the sentiments behind it. It's got a sincerity to it that's nice. Uh, it, it's kind of, yeah, you've got some... Something. Well, accor- according to still the greatest, the original title of this, <laughs> do you know this? No. When Four Nights Came to Town. Mm. Isn't that a terrible That's title? That's a terrible title. I'm glad he didn't use that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously, uh, this is very self-referential, mm-hmm. like you said. And um, so the first verse, he talks about Paul. Yes. Right? Uh, and what's he say about Paul? So Paul is on a farm. He's got a big farm and he's got plenty of charm. Beep, beep. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, oh, and the, the, the punchline or the, the upshot of it is, well, you know, if we're talking about nights, when nights coming to play to town, uh, this, this night may not come to town because he's just not... He's not sure if Paul would actually come to town and play with him. On a- yeah, I think he says, if he comes to town, I wonder if he'll yes. play with me. Yes. Uh, whereas when he's talking about John, he's like, when he comes to town, I know he'll... I think that's the lyrics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know he'll play with me. And then, of course... Uh, George is literally. George is already on the song, so it's like, yeah, he's definitely. He's barely home. He's always playing with me. Yeah, he's always hanging out. Got nothing else to do. So, what so. do you think of the, the Paul? What the effect of? Because I mean, by this point, the business stuff had really come into play, and they were really at odds with all the business, Apple dealings, Klein, all of that. So, how do you how do you think he describes Paul? Well, one one thing I like about this tune, I, I'll say this: the tune does come off to me just overall as sort of like a lark. It's perfect as a B side. Mm-hmm. It should not have been on an album or or released as an A side, and it's a it's almost like a novelty song. It is, yeah. However, it what I like about it is it does come from his personal point of view, which you can't argue about, which is like. And he's like not saying like I don't like Paul. He's a big <laughs> jerk, you know. He's he's being like he's kind of singing about him in a. He's got a new wife, you know. Oh, it's it's a. He's got a nice farm, you know. It's yeah. not like it's not like he's trying to throw him under the bus. Like no, no. Say, uh, <laughs> how do you sleep? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so, but, uh, you know, it, it just like, uh, sort of like, uh, calls out the elephant in the room a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel like the song goes from the beetle that he was having the most problems with to the beetle he had the fewest problems with. So John is kind of in the middle a little bit 
because yeah. I mean, there was still uh, John and Ringo played together a lot uh, with Plastic Ono Band and things like that. But still, so he's talking. I mean, he's talking. He re- he understands. I guess he's understanding that John is really busy with his wife. She's Japanese, as if the lyrics say. And yeah, he's out mm-hmm. crying. Now they're free. They're you know he had his primal scream therapy and screaming for peace and but he he knows john's got him got him you know he's gonna stick up for him in the end and he'll be there for him yeah uh yes yes now uh this also gets into the mystery of the cookie yes cookie from uh which we mentioned uh when we were talking about hold on which is a great song yes. but out of nowhere in the middle of hold on he just goes cookie <laughs> And I always have been extraordinarily puzzled by the inclusion of that. And apparently, uh, you know, it's like uh, John Lennon, a huge, huge Sesame Street fan, and would just do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like Cookie Monster. All the time. He loved Cookie Monster. Also, all the time, randomly, <laughs> he just would be like a cookie. <laughs> and so here's Ringo. Bringing it up in yeah. a song. It's great. It's so, <laughs> so, so idiosyncratic to like a weird thing of somebody's personality. So it's kind of, I kind of like that part where he's, he's like, <laughs> okay. Watching the TV. The, okay. I'll, I'll say this before I pieced all that together the first few times i heard this i was like is he shouting cocaine yeah that's what a lot of people have misheard it as <laughs> yeah uh, cocaine cocaine yeah. i was like oh my god what what a weird thing to shout like to out your friend for his cocaine use in the middle of the song <laughs> uh but yeah apparently just to <laughs> yeah out, you know, like if all the top what's the top things i can think of my buddy john uh Japanese wife. <laughs> and he shouts cookie all the time. And he shouts cookie. <laughs> and he's pretty lazy. Yeah. Know, he's... <laughs> Lying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's pretty, so. But, but at least he's, you know, still feels pretty positive, I guess, about John. And then the song picks up quite a bit for this third verse. It gets into yeah. more of a groove when he's talking about that long haired, uh, guitar picker or long-legged long-haired guitar picker george harrison whose yeah whose wife is always picking daisies for his soup <laughs> so yeah a very uh, positive view of george as you said because george is always playing with ringo on every track and so it's a very positive feel and then that's where george's guitar starts to kick in more too so you can hear uh, lots of george is playing on this we should say as well uh, yeah, and takes a solo right after that. There is one, uh, a couple notes here. Uh, Star Star and Lennon uh, recorded this song during Plastic Ono Band sessions in October '70. Apparently, took a pass at this, uh, and uh, Harrison added his slide guitar later. That's what it says here, and still the greatest. Mm. A little bit different information from other places yeah yeah but uh it says that alan klein was there yeah and encouraged star to invite mccartney to play on the song if mccartney played with the beatles it would negate his lawsuit to break up with them mccartney didn't take the bait (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, Alan Klein always had a good angle on things from the business side. Yeah. But, uh, of course, the, the one of the highlights, of course, is Ringo himself yes. talking about his own playing. <laughs> What's the lyrics there? Let's, let's read off the lyrics here. It's, uh, I play guitar A-D-E. Ha, ha, ha. That's all he knows. <laughs> I don't play his bass because it's too hard for me. And then he's... I play piano if it's in C, and then da, 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 da. <laughs> yep. And when I go to town, I want to see all three. Yes. So very jarring, <laughs> very jarring that verse because it throws you way out of the song harmonically and from the, just the perspective of the music. It's it's very jarring when that comes in, and that is actually Ringo playing all of those instruments. You're hearing his dazzling bass work. Yeah, some fantastic piano playing. So, well, it's a, yeah. it's a, it is Ringo. It's a sweet sentiment at the end when he wants all of them to come back together, and uh, we know he felt probably the most lost uh, without the other guys to play with because he didn't really write the songs and didn't play much melodic instrument, much of a melodic instrument. So. Yeah. Well, I wonder uh, to what extent all of them, uh, after the the group had sort of had this split and this, you know, there's lawsuits going on and stuff like that, would maybe even like have in the back of their mind, like, I wonder if someday we'll play again. Mm. And Ringo's probably the most like, you know, here he is open, openly being like, I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Probably all the other three of them (laughs) very resistant to it. But, you know, I mean, we talked about this before, you know, if John hadn't gotten shot and, you know, then it gets around to about anthology time and everybody's still alive around on the anthology time. Do they do they get together and, you know, do something together? You know, maybe Uh, who knows? Who knows? It's it's kind of a unique track. It's one of the in the Beatle catalog. It's one of the few that's really open and honest. Um, mm-hmm. From a musical perspective, it's not much to speak of. Really, it just the sticks out with the the great guitar playing from George. Uh, I I've, I found the song the production of it very thin sounding. It was kind of a weak type of track compared to don't come easy. Maybe it's because it has more of the wall of sound, but just listening to the track, it's a bit weak in its production, but it, uh, it's good. Good playing. Yeah. It's a goof. <laughs> beep, beep sticks in your head real quick. And then you're like, Oh, <laughs> So sometimes I'm in the mood for it. Sometimes I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you this: there are no covers of it. None. Funny that. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone did, like, you know, I'm sure there's. I mean, if you look on YouTube, there's some guy in his apartment playing for everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> every song there is. But why would anyone cover it? I just like this is the most uncoverable song. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much Ringo. <laughs> yeah, nobody else could sing it because it doesn't make any sense coming from somebody else. That's why it is kind of a unique track. It, it's all Ringo. And yeah. it's a good first outing, a good first single from Ringo. And 
yeah. you know, really puts uh, puts him on the map. Well, we talked a little bit too. Just one last thing on early '97. Yeah, we were talking about B sides on on our last episode, and it's a good B side. It's it like it's like uh, you know my name. Look up the numbers. A good B side. Mm-hmm. It's a goof, <laughs> a silly song. If it was a lead single, you'd be like, "What are they doing?" But early 1970, real great. Uh, it's a lot of fan service there. Fan service, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 like the fans want to hear what's going on with the Beatles. Yeah, oh, yeah. great, oh, cool. So to pick up the single uh, and be like, flip, flip, and you get a little f- a fun fan service song on the B side. It's it really adds value to the single. Is what I'm getting. Yeah, at. definitely. That's a great point. So, so, yep, so thumbs up on uh, both of these, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, well, you got to check out that Betty LeVette, though, tonight yes, when, you're, when you're trying to romance your, your uh, significant others out there. Yeah, very sultry uh, <laughs> performance, so works well. Yeah. But good first outing for Ringo and his big single, and uh, it's kind of his one of his theme songs, along with With a Little Help from My Friends and Yellow Submarine. It's one of the other ones that you think about. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, we will uh, be continuing. We hope everybody is doing all right in the the pandemic time here, and we're going to mm-hmm. continue putting out uh, some more episodes to keep you entertained. And uh, always posting a song of the night on my uh, Twitter at Christy Bragg. I've calmed down on the uh, uh, ranting and raving about politics. I think it's a b- bad time for it bad time for them i'm just yes. sort of st- i'm just sort of staying off of twitter mostly every time i go on there i'm just like man i feel terrible now <laughs> and we're all going to die immediately yeah well that's true. Like right. Right. and then i'll be like uh you know take two three days off i'm feeling great and then i'll get back on there and within a half an hour i'm like <laughs> tweeting at Mitch McConnell or something, <laughs> or something like that. It's ridiculous, but yeah. But you could follow me, and uh, 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 I, uh, I do like to post song of the nights, uh, more modern songs, and a real mix of weird stuff. And uh, yeah, all February it was either February, or March, maybe. No, I think it was March. I every single song on there is in a different emotion. You had quite a quarantine playlist going or kind of a, or like a pandemic playlist happening. Yeah. The themes were all very like I used isolation by John Lennon as one. That's of right. Songs. That's, a That's good right. One. The Iggy pop song. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very appropriate. Yeah. Yep. So, but that, that a whole month had a theme of um, um, different emotions. And then, it, and then, it, you know, in mid month we're having to work from home and stuff and yeah. it just kind of fit in with <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. with what, what uh you know what what was going on so um but yeah, yeah it's it's a fun thing to do but it's not, I don't I don't take it all that seriously and some quite frankly some days I just forget to do it <laughs> so <laughs> well don't forget if you want to email us you can email us at i've got a beatles podcast at hotmail.com lots of great yeah. messages and great to hear from you and we'll uh, be back again soon we've we're i, I have a feeling that the all these big releases are probably going to be delayed a bit yeah more. the the mccartney that was supposed to come out Oh, the uh, record, the uh, oh, McCartney yeah, record store re-release was going to come out at Record Store Day, which would have lined up with its original release. Yeah, that's right. Then they delayed it. Uh, to re- they delayed Record Store Day initially to six twenty, 
and now that's been they're they're even going to divide record yeah, store day up right. to three different days so it's going to be in august september and october so one of those dates maybe we'll get to <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that uh uh half speed uh vinyl i bought a half speed vinyl finally online i bought a uh exile in main street on Ooh. half vinyl sounds great great so oh. i think i was probably uh planning on buying that mccartney half speed vinyl if i could get my hands on it yeah well, hopefully we hear some news about that and uh, yeah. everything else coming out so in the meantime yeah they're well, supposed yeah. to i think in the early uh next month they're supposed to officially say when they're going to release all that uh and when they're going to release that linen single which yeah. might or might not line up with a uh, collection there. Plastic Ono band. Plastic yeah. Ono band collection, which hopefully, you know, I would really like if they uh, release these things. You know, we can order them online. We can I have know. them delivered. This is a really good time to have that, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. some, so, in fact, some record stores are even, um, and you should check if if your local record store is doing this and support them, uh, or where you can order online and then just drive up and they'll run it out to your car. Oh, great. So. If you have a local record store that you're afraid is going to go out of business, I would I would uh, suggest going to their website these days and and checking out if there's an option like that just right. to just to support local record shops, keep them in business because uh, they're struggling just like every other everything. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right now. So, great. Right, well, yep. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back at you again soon with a new episode. Mm.